All right, I guess we could start diving into the quotes if you're ready. Um, I, I reviewed them again, the, one, the list that I had sent you, and I decided on an order of which maybe to dis discuss first. And I think this is, this is to kind of balance out the last recording that we did, it, I think it's good that we cover the energy centers a lot more in this one. Because for, for me, I feel like the, you know, we could talk about the, the philosophy of intelligent affinity, intelligent energy, and doesn't necessarily relate to our comprehension of what what it is that this means practically for our evolution until you see the, the how the chakra system is basically like a system of sequential blockages until we comprehend intelligent infinity properly. So the philosophy of it really can't touch the uh, the actual experience of it, I don't think. And the experience of it is directly connected to our ability to work through the blockages, I think. I got this um, uh, footnoted and ready. It's the, the um, our manual that we that we had and it was written by the two guys that taught us and just you know completely heart open guys they had a way with words being in the class with them was was just an experience and uh they have each page is a little there's like a little write-up on each is that coming through because it's kind of sketchy in the bottom frame of mind it's hard to see so what was this class this was ayurveda class this was, um, for me, it was the, they handed this one out in the original 200 hour course. And then the deep dive of the uh, course is what Alex took and they really opened this subject up. But this is a great, um, it's like a paragraph uh, to like three paragraphs to describe each one. And they give you, um, you know, like a brief description of the chakra, gives you uh, what it's, um, Bija mantra, which is his root mantra, uh, the color, the um, element that it corresponds to, but really more the description. It, it really pulls open what you were talking about with the practical application of the chakra and the and the way you can utilize it in your everyday life. It'd be good to know if there's anything that you feel is missing after. I don't know if we can go into the detail on. I mean, it's very fascinating that a lot of what we're talking about essentially is there somewhere in the the ancient systems although i think that now today there's so many different layers on it, interpretations of it that it, it, it doesn't seem as clear to me as ross version of it does but i'm always trying to figure out what what is it that i'm missing that's the deeper understanding that i haven't gotten yet that that maybe maybe is is, is more to be revealed in some of these teachings that are passed down for so long yeah and, and the fact that they've been passed down and stayed consistent for so long is like you said they they get interpretations laid on them and for you to find someone that seems like they really have a true understanding of it you know that can be a difficult uh challenge in and of itself but this you know 1986 they stopped taking the recording so there's only you know 50 years between you know the the beginning of it and now where and it's written down verbatim so you know people have written books on it but you still have the transcripts whereas how many people know um sanskrit so that they can read the original transcripts of that or you know how many people read the ancient hebrew so that they can do um you know study with andrew studying in the um sephirah 
Yep, the Kalala. Yep. All right, let me share my screen now. Um, and I thought we could start out with uh, 12.31, which was basically like a continuation of where we started these discussions with the, the healing subject. Um, and this might be the first time they got into details on the energy centers, but I felt like it wasn't until session um, 39 that they they kind of went more into a general overview that seemed to be the most complete overview of the energy centers um, or, or the most generally foundational descriptions. And then it was in session uh, 30, or session 15 that they went into the blockages. So it was fairly early on that they went into the blockages before they went into the, some of the other descriptions. Um, yeah, so let's start out with session 12 here. And uh, Don asked, is there a best way for entities to heal themselves of their physical ailments? And Ra said, the self-healing discourse the self-healing distortion is affected through realization of an, of the intelligent infinity resting within. So this to me suggests that they're they're saying that the um, the best way is like miracle healing, and that that to me it seems to be why they went straight to the idea of realization of intelligent infinity, which I think might also correspond to the concept of self-realization in in the Hindu cultures. Um, I know that might have many different meanings, though, too. Um, yeah, the concept of samadhi and enlightenment, basically. And I've kind of made that uh, corollary before, too, between at least the samadhi states. I'm sure Nick can probably um, elaborate a little more on there, but there's different levels of samadhi that one can reach as well. And actually, contact with intelligent infinity, I think, is probably at least the highest level of samadhi there, just um, one closest to enlightenment. But I think at least looking at the beginning quote there, that realization of intelligent infinity, I think that has to do with the, he talks about the upward spiraling light and the downward spiraling light. Um, the downward is the one that's within you, that is the creator already. So becoming aware of that is basically the best way to heal, at least, uh, at least in my interpretation of it, but that does involve also processing the upward spiraling light through all the energy centers to be clear enough to, to have that realization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the realization must be wherever the the meeting point is between those, right? Mm -hmm. The locus, as you call it, of yeah, where the where the two meet. So this realization is blocked in some way. I think I'm saying that right. The self healing distortion is affected through realization of the intelligent infinity resting within, or maybe they're saying the intelligent infinity resting within is blocked, but. They say this is blocked in some way in those who are not perfectly balanced in bodily complexes. The blockage varies from entity to entity. It requires the conscious awareness of the spiritual nature of reality, if you will, and the corresponding pourings of this reality into the individual mind-body-spirit complex for healing to take place. That's so, always been the upward spiraling for me. Like the upward spiraling is the experience and the downward spiraling is intelligent infinity and, you know, how you deal with your day, like, like where they meet is just constantly changing, you know, as your day changes, as your mood changes, as you deal with the reality, it's almost like, you know, 
how much how much love are you bringing into each situation how much fear are you bringing into each situation and and it's it's that that constant like almost like slider task bar type thing with your experience meeting the intelligent infinity mm -hmm. i wonder if that's also the, the intelligent infinity coming downward is what they mean by the spiritual nature of reality i wonder if the the idea of the downward aspect whether wherever it's reaching you is is the sense of the spiritual i'm not sure though yeah i i, I always thought that the the uh, awareness of spiritual reality is exactly that because the 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 spiritual the spiritual nature of reality is always there it's your awareness that that varies yeah so it's actually conscious awareness is required so i guess it's not just an unconscious process to heal yourself it requires a conscious awareness and the corresponding uh, awareness of both the spiritual nature of reality and the corresponding pourings of this reality into the individual mind body spirit complex for healing to take place And then they say we'll use this instrument, Carla, as an example. The portions of its ailment, all this distortion complex, that can be perfected in balance are due primarily to a blockage of the indigo ray or pineal energy center. So Carla had a blockage in her pineal gland. This receives the intelligent energy from all sources lawful within the one creation that is lawful in this third density distortion or illusion. That's an unusual word for me to, that they used lawful. Um, yeah. I kind of got tripped up on that one too. If that meant like the natural laws then of this third density illusion, or it, it, if it meant something a little different there. Maybe the, you know, like the law of free will is allowing certain amounts of energy to come into, come into our body, come into our being. I guess the, the laws are relating to, you know, the way the physical universe is, is working. Yeah, and, and, you know, you can't fully be an enlightened being because you're here to have this experience. So, you know, she can't, no one can fully ascend while being in the physical form, you know, mm -hmm. this, this, um, the, the crown chakra, I, I, uh, I went back and I reread these, uh, descriptions and one of them, Mike, it, it, I actually just put a little tag next to it, uh, Mike because um it says um let me see where we good um it makes us fearless direct and unconditionally yes it makes us fearless direct and unconditionally devoted to the maintenance of a higher order um but let me i'll read the, the whole paragraph because it'll make more, much more sense okay. the opening of the third eye leads us to an understanding which is unlimited by form or by the constraints of physical laws funny how they brought up laws again hmm. by the constraint of physical laws through the third eye we are able to see right into the nature of things we no longer resist or even control the way in which the universe chooses to operate we simply play a part as long as energy is circulating within this center nothing can be jeopardized uh, nothing can jeopardize our clarity we recognize the essence of a situation the cause in addition to the effect we can do this because we are informed by our higher understanding. No more are we tricked by the ways things may appear. The awakening of this center breeds tremendous faith. It makes us fearless, direct, and unconditionally devoted to the maintenance of a higher order. And 
when I reread that, uh, when I was going over these things, uh, I thought of, I don't even remember what the commercial was for, but it was like the commercial where a camel walks into the room and he's, t- he's talking about it being a hump day on Wednesday. And he's like, Mike, 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 what day is it, Mike? And your name just kept popping into my head when I read those <laughs> last two lines, like fearless, direct and unconditionally devoted to a maintenance of a higher order. Yeah, so I think I think your your sixth chakra is definitely firing, man. Thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah, Carl Rucker was clearly uh, working on that center a lot too, uh, as they bring up that as the reason that she had any health ailments to begin with was because of this particular blockage um, that was in the pineal center. I'll keep reading though to to cover what they say that was. Um, but they're saying this center receives the intelligent energy from all sources lawful within the one creation. If there is no blockage, these energies pour or stream down into the mind-body-spirit complex, perfecting moment by moment the individual's body complex. So I guess the laws are no longer necessary when there's no blockage. Because least... Go ahead. Oh, sorry, Mike. Uh, at that point, you'd be contacting intelligent energy at that point. So you're making, you're basically becoming the logos at that point. So you are tapping into all of that available energy to then be able to heal the body complex and, and perfect everything at that point, if you're able to uh, make that contact at that through the indigo ray. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the, I guess the, the nature of law is, is, is one where it's not about, um, maintaining the free will of the person being healed it's about um i guess becoming more of a transparent um radiator of that energy and they say and this it in- seems a genuine seeking from the one to be healed you know like the the universe will heal you but you have to have a genuine uh a genuine seeking yeah And, the, and they go on, this instrument also experiences some distortion of the green ray energy center of the heart center, which you may call the heart center. It is overly open due to an intensive desire distortion on the part of this mind-body-spirit complex towards service to others. So overly open is maybe not as common as closed for people, but her heart center was overly open due to an intensive desire distortion on the part of this mind-body-spirit complex towards service to others or as you may call it, universal love. This entity therefore spends itself spends itself without regard to its reserves of mind-body-spirit complex distortion in regard to what you call strength or energy. She didn't have enough energy reserves. She was depleting herself. This distortion is primarily due to the blockage of the indigo ray. As we have said before, the misapprehension distortion of the instrument responsible for this blockage uh, the misapprehension is the basic orientation towards a belief in un- unworthiness. The unworthiness distortion blocks the free flow of intelligent energy. Yeah, I think that's interesting. So it kind of shows the relationship between some of the other energy centers as well, too, that because of due to her feeling of unworthiness, she then is opening up uh, to be of service, but to a point where it's almost uh, the, the martyrdom to where it's affecting her. Um, doesn't have the wisdom, I guess, to then balance what what level of love is is uh, acceptable to be shared. But 
Yeah, like I said, I thought that was kind of interesting. It just shows how a lot of these other blockages can then impact some of the other energy centers and relate to um, additional issues that, that might not have been, been realized. Yeah. This also seems to speak to the balance between compassion and wisdom and yeah. the, the wisdom necessary uh, to withhold the energy would be something that comes from the, I guess, the psychic or intuitive awareness or higher order awareness that may come through the third eye. That's I probably guess, why she had that martyrdom uh, for goodly towards martyrdom, the, right. the thought of not being uh, worthy. Yeah, yeah. This this um set in the in the first chakra center it's uh, basic needs and survival. Your second chakra center is basic needs and acceptance of self. But then where it gets really interesting is the third uh, chakra, the Manipura, is considered a power chakra, and it says that um, it, it embodies a fierce intensity unsurpassed by the other chakras. Relaxation in the first chakra means that we have learned to trust life. Relaxation in the second chakra means that we have learned to accept ourselves. Relaxation in these two uh, first two chakras paves the way for the energy to rise to the third chakra. When it does this, we find that trusting in ourselves is the same as trusting in life. We realize that we are not separate from the very power that has created us. And then if I skip down a little bit, uh, so it may be a little bit disjointed, but it's it goes on to say towards the bottom, it says, uh, however, it is important to understand that this power which manifests inside of us as our talents and abilities to succeed and achieve does not set us apart as special. Rather, it exists to bring us closer to others. Like our breath, it is something that we share. And when I read that, I thought of Carla because it does not uh, set us apart as special. You know, that doesn't have to mean that people are cocky. It can also mean that people think that, you know, that the power is so special that they take a back seat to it. When in reality, you have to realize that, you know, to, to live within that power is to recognize that you are of that power and you are that power. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. We'll, we'll jump into the, the rest of the chakras after this quote too. Yeah. I'll, I'll finish through reading this, this one to the end here. Um, so the, the seventh or violet ray is unimpaired the crown chakra, this being not only an energy receptor, but a sum total of the vibratory level of the individual. The, the other energy centers are also quite clear. The solution to healing in this case is action that puts into practice the peaceful understanding in humility distortion that the entity is one with the creator, therefore perfected and not separate. In each case of what you would call ill health, one or more of these energy centers is blocked. The intelligence of the mind-body-spirit complex needs then to be alerted either by the self as healer or by the catalyst of another healer, as we have said before. So in session 39, um, did you guys have any thoughts you want to share on this last paragraph though? The, 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 the top, the crown chakra, just it's, it's, described in so many different ways uh, it right the, the simple the simple fact that it sits like above the head 
it's it's almost like if, if you played like a video game and you had that little beacon above your character's head you know it it yeah. you have to have everything coming up through for that to be charged and for that to be projecting and they're they're certainly not uh downplaying it in this yeah yeah it seems like it's rare for me to see a description of the uh the crown chakra in in other sources that matches what Ra was saying where it's something that can't be blocked it's something that is just kind of like the summary the the sum total of vibratory level of the individual yeah that's what i was thinking when you were talking about that earlier how some of the other traditions have slight different uh, slightly different interpretations of what each of those energy centers might represent and this violet ray and the uh, red ray tend to be one of those where i feel like there are a little bit of discrepancies between them but yeah at least uh, this is the first time i'd seen that before where rod talks about it being the total readout so something that could be unaffected that way which um kind of makes sense and almost is like your uh individual soul identity also uh representing your level of where you're at by this violet ray readout yep and i i have to because it just it, it's amazing that the these two guys i mean you could feel it when you were in the class with them but the stuff that they say just they had no idea of the law of one either because i asked and they wrote this stuff simply from the teachings that they read and had no connection it says the crown chakra is not really a chakra but more a point of arrival it's what's on the crown of the head like a cap uh, associated with and uh, says the center is not prone to obstruction. When the paths have been opened in the other chakras, nothing can stop this center from exploding with joy. There are no thoughts or emotions which can enter into the field of this center. It is like trying to approach the sun. It engulfs anything in its path. And I thought it was funny that they used approach the sun and we're talking about being you know sub sub low guy of the sun yeah. and the sun being a sub low guy of you know but yeah, it just seems that when people are connected this stuff flows through them yeah definitely it, it seems like it's more obvious when you actually have that full when you do have a connection with intelligent infinity i think these these ideas become more clear mm -hmm. so yeah i'll maybe, have to remember to bring this with me and uh, let you guys see it and if you time. can I don't know if you could share the names for the recording purposes of this. Of who wrote it? Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, um, Shiva Das and um, what was Ed's name? Acharya Pramanand. Acharya Pramanand. Pramanand. And um, I know that uh, Acharya Pramanand also went as Ed Zadlow, but I, yeah, Ed Zadlow, but I know Shiva Das preferred to go as Shiva Das. Um, but I don't even know if there's, I, I don't think they're still teaching at this point. They're on the East Coast. They're in um, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia area. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It'd be, it'd be great to, to learn more from them. Yeah. It, I mean, it was, it was a, it was quite a treat to, to learn what I learned from them. Alex said she's working with Ed on the, uh, that, that Ayurvedic workshop we were talking about putting together for Ascension Works TV. Excellent. Yeah, that's great. I'll have to get in touch with um, Shiva Das and let him know what's going on and get him up to date with all this and see if he, he wants to get involved. Yep. Yep. We can talk about that for sure more later. Yeah. Yep. So we could jump in now to uh, session 39 where they um, uh, Don asked, I sense there is fruitful ground for investigation of our development and tracing the evolution of bodily energy centers because these seven energy centers seem to be linked with all the seven 
the sevens that I spoke of previously and central to our own development. And th they also say this represents the seven densities of, of, of evolution of all universe, of all the life in the universe. Could you describe the process of evolution of these bodily energy centers, starting with the most primitive form of life to have them? And Ross said this has been covered before to some extent. Therefore, we should not repeat inf repeat information, but upon which raised well in first and second density and the wherefores of this, but we'll attempt to enlarge upon this information. So there were bits and pieces before this that we'll cover after this, but this was this is a pretty good overview, I think, to start with. The, the basic pivotal points of each level of development, that is each density beyond second, may be seen to be as follows. Firstly, the basic energy of the so-called red ray, this ray may be understood to be the basic strengthening ray for each density. It shall never be condescended to as less important or pro productive of spiritual evolution, for it is the foundation ray. And this, this has always been a little bit mysterious to me um, about the nature of the strengthening ray and how it's strengthened. And I, and it's like you can't you can't work on it uh, in in a in any very obvious way, as far as I can tell. That there's there's many different aspects of our physical body. I assume aspects of our energy, maybe the food that we're eating, that will they will help us as as our body is is healthy and working properly. And maybe maybe it relates to sexual energy. You know, maybe it relates to uh, vital energy that that is just kind of present when we have um, a, a strong will, something like that. Do you guys have I any think thoughts? That, I think that sexual energy certainly is the next one. But as far as everything else, uh, yeah, it, I, I think it. if you want to work from the physical to the mental to the spiritual, then everything you said, absolutely. Um, then when you get to the, the, the mental aspect, it is a, it is a knowing that you are a part of the creator and that your needs will be met. And when you are deficient in this ray, you're worrying that your needs won't be met. You know, this is, this is the, the fear side of it, you know, worrying and anxiety that uh, there won't be, you know, if, if we're talking about Neanderthals, that there won't be food, I won't have fire, I won't be warm. Talk about modern society, I won't have the money to, to survive how I want to. So there's definitely, there is definitely a way you can work on it on the mental side and the two probably very closely play off of each other you know let me work hard so that i can have the proper nourishment so that i won't worry that i won't have it you know they may kind of like bat each other back and forth yeah yeah i feel like this is one i've heard like debates on since they say this ray is fixed if it could actually be blocked or not at least the red way red ray opening up to it but it seems like it can be to certain levels uh, blocked because then also impacts how much energy is coming up through uh, the rest of your energy system from there. But it also, I, I forgot how it's worded before or in other parts of the text there, but Ron indicates that this ray is almost pulling experiences um, to the individual. So what, what you see in daily life is all these experiences being pulled to you and that's through this red ray. So in strengthening that, I think that could possibly be to how it how it might impact some of the other densities or, or strengthen them if, if it's opened and, and cleared to um to the proper proper amount yeah and you know 
uh, I think at some point he says, you know, the, the, the corporal, the corporeal experience. I remember him saying that somewhere in the, in the text. Uh, and that is, I mean, that is of the earth that is, and I don't want to, you know, narrow it to earth. That is of a planet that is of physical existence. You know, uh, Ra at the point when he's, uh, telling, uh, LNL research, these things, Ra as a as a memory complex is is more ethereal. They can choose to take physical form, but they've graduated or experienced enough physical to where they've gotten beyond that. And I mean, again, it is it is uh, this center links us deeply to the earth. It is therefore solely concerned with our harmonious relationship with issues that directly pertain to our life in the most basic sense. Higher ideas, yearning for love truth compassion emotionality creative expression and spiritual concerns are simply not relative here basic needs of survival are the only issues that apply to the root movement of energy through this center removes these fears and then skip down a little bit and it says the root requires attention patience and persistence and that that's so i mean those three words are exactly the human experience you have to give it attention you have to give it patience and you just, you have to persist because there are ups and downs. Yeah. Maybe I would like to read the, uh, my, my favorite uh, quote, I probably should have started with this actually on the, uh, on the energy centers has, has the paragraph that summarizes all of them with, you know, a simple phrase. And they say each experience will be sequentially understood by the growing and seeking mind, body, spirit complex in terms of survival, then in terms of personal identity, mm -hmm. then in terms of social relations, mm -hmm. then in terms of universal love, the green, then in terms of how the experience may beget free communication, the blue, then in terms of how the experience may be linked to universal energies, which is interestingly that that, that, that was corresponding to the sense of unworthiness that we were talking about before, mm -hmm. and already implying that a sense of worthiness is connected to a universal energy. Yeah, and where you feel like you, you, for lack of a better word, stand in relation to it, yeah. next to it, ahead of it, or in her case, behind. Yeah. And finally, in terms of the sacramental nature of each experience. Um, but, but this particular uh, question here went into more of what we're talking about with the inner and outer natures, the upward and downward lights. And the question was, what process would be the recommended process for correctly awakening, as they say, the kundalini, and of what value would that be? And Ross said, the metaphor of the coiled serpent being called upwards is vastly appropriate for consideration by your peoples. This is what you are attempting when you seek. There, there are, as we have stated, great misapprehensions concerning this metaphor and the nature of pursuing its goal. We must generalize and ask that you grasp the fact that this in effect renders far less useful that which we share. However, as each entity is unique, generalities are our lot when communicating for your possible edification. So they're saying it's important not to generalize when we're trying to understand this, um, but in order to have some sense of it um, collectively, this is what we have to generalize. Uh, I think that speaks to something that he, he talks about um, prior in the material, how the, the, the heel, 
the healer patient uh, comes in so many vast different forms. Uh, I think it was because I just got past it. It said uh, it's in 14.4 or it was in the four somewhere. But they were saying, you know, are there are there people on the planet uh, that can uh, they were talking about the pyramids at the time. But but Ross, Ross was kind of like nudging them away from the pyramids because he was like the pyramids time has passed. You know, that was to help the initiates become initiates so that they could become healers. Now, basically saying, like, now you're in the time of the healer. And then he said, well, are there anybody in on the planet now that can be healers that can be that can build pyramids and heal themselves and repeat the process? And Ross said, there are so many different ways that you can approach it. Uh, but most people bring it from previous incarnations. I think that's what he's talking about. Like, you have to generalize because there are so many different ways to get about it, but at the root of it, when you're talking about it with yourself, you, you have to be specific because you know you, but when you're talking to other mind, body, spirit complexes, you have to be general because you could be talking about the same thing in different ways. Yeah. I think it's interesting that first part there when they're talking about the, uh, this is what you were attempting to do when you seek. So this seems to be like the driving force um, whether you realize it or not, as you were attempting to raise your Kundalini through the desire to continue seeking and knowing, and what does that ultimately end at? It ends at becoming the creator. So that's what you were ultimately seeking then is becoming the creator. But uh, it just makes sense when everyone, you know, you have a lot of people who are constantly looking for more and more material, more and more understanding, but really this is what you were attempting to do then is to, to raise that kundalini energy to to ultimately become and, and understand the creator we all are yeah it's like we start out as the or at least we're operating as the uncoiled serpent and the coiled serpent is 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 pulling up the i guess it's it's really about also crystallizing the, the lower energy centers so that the area in which we're working um is is where the serpent is coiled up to and yeah, we'll talk about the crystallization in a later quote, the crystallization of the energy centers. Um, I have not put that much thought into the, I don't think about a coiled serpent when I, when I think about the energy centers, but it's interesting that, you know, the, that there actually is a, a visuals, a visualization that might be a, of help. Do, do you guys use visualizations at all of, of, of something coming up within, within your energy system when you're. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that all of the modern technology, you know, as much as I buck technology and and uh, and and <laughs> don't jive with it as much as I should, there are so many things that modern technology, the visualizations alone, you know, if you watch if you watch a program and they're talking about your energy centers and I don't even I, I don't I don't know if it's going to show, but, you know, just the just something like something like that, you know to visualize the chakras as this beaming center in the, in the person, it, it can, it can truly help that, you know, they say people are visual learners. Some people are visual learners and, you know, you can get a lot from it. Look at hieroglyphs. Hieroglyphs are entirely pictures, you know, that you interpret and there are a ton of snake hieroglyphs. So snake is definitely something that's been used and used. I know native, some native American tribes, um, because in some of my dream interpretations, snakes keep kept kept and keep coming up. And when I looked it up, uh, certain tribes said that snake is wisdom. 
So if you're running from a snake in your dream, you're running from wisdom. So let's continue here with, uh, uh, we have two types of energy, as we were talking about earlier. We are attempting then as entities in true color of this octave to move the meeting place of inner and outer natures further and further upward along or upward along the energy centers, further and further along or upward along the energy centers. And this is where the coiled serpent, I guess, is, is reached to. The two methods of approaching this with sensible method are first, the seating within oneself of those experiences which are attracted to the entity through the South Pole, which is the red ray. Each experience will need to be observed experienced, balanced, accepted, and seated within the individual. As the entity grows in self-acceptance and awareness of, the, of catalyst, the location of the comfortable seating of these experiences will rise to the new true color entity. The experience, whatever it may be, will be seated in red ray and considered as to its survival content and so forth. So the word uh, seated is very interesting. The seating within oneself of of experiences, it's almost like this is the this is like understanding the self uh, and processing what that experience actually is, if that makes sense. Yeah. That just seems to be talking about what Nathan was speaking about earlier too, how that, that draws the experience up. Yeah, that's funny. So I didn't get that far in the quotes you provided there, but this this was the one I was thinking of, or yeah, it's like pulling um, energy to you. But yeah, Mike, I, I think you're right with what you're saying there too. It just seems like it's partially there, but then also I think this ties into some of those practices that Ra gives for then at say at the end of the day, analyzing some of the experiences you've had and realizing which energy centers those might be related to, to then go through and unblock some of those areas to then be able to be seated at a higher energy level um, and, and to proceed from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like <laughs> we should probably revisit this quote a whole bunch uh, because I feel like this is kind of like, this is the central, this is the seeking process described in, um, in sequence. Um, and maybe to finish off reading this quote uh, after they go on to say, uh, finally, in terms of the sacramental nature of each experience, meanwhile, the creator lies within, and the North Pole, the crown, is already upon the head, and the entity is potentially a god. Which is interesting that they use the word crown, like, in, in the dual sense. This is the crown chakra, and it's mm -hmm. it be seen as a crown. The crown is upon and the head. And it's already on the head. Yeah. It cannot be obstructed. You know, it's always there. Yeah. This energy is brought into being by the humble and trusting acceptance of this energy through meditation and contemplation of the self and of the creator. Where these energies meet is where the serpent will have achieved its height. When this uncoiled energy approaches universal love and radiant being, the entity is in a state whereby the harvestability of the entity comes nigh, which means that the fourth density consciousness is basically at that center, the universal love center. And skipping backwards now to session 39. Um, so they started out explaining that the red ray is 
under, may be understood to be the basic strengthening ray, and it shall never be condescended as less important or less productive of spiritual evolution, for it is the foundation ray. Um, and, and maybe that's another study to what you know. What can we do to strengthen each of our chakras also? But this is. I feel like this discussion today is just like getting getting the basics of of what these what these are. Uh, the next foundation ray is yellow. This is the, and this is interesting. They skipped over orange here uh, because they're talking about the. Um, did they skip over orange? Yeah, they, they, Was this the, in regard to the primary rays? Maybe they. Maybe they skip back and forth between talking about the primary rays here. But yeah, this is what they normally call a primary energy center: the red, yellow, and blue. Um, it's, it's like a foundation is the yellow. This is the great stepping stone ray. At this ray, the mind-body uh, potentiates to its fullest balance. And that was the one that I just read about how if you have your basic survival, if you accept that that's there and you have an acceptance of yourself, that's the, that's the one I was reading that is the power center. So it makes sense that they would kind of say like, Red and orange are the basics, but then once you master the basics, then you can implore those into your life with the yellow. Yeah. I think that part's interesting too, where they talk about the mind-body uh, potentiates to its full balance. So that's kind of what we started talking about before was balancing the mind, the body, mm -hmm. and then getting to the spirit. So basically that's why this one, is, to me, it seemed like is a foundational array because it then allows you to then traverse up to the higher energy centers to be able to contact the spirit from green ray and uh, blue ray and up from there. But uh, it seems, I think that's why it, some of these, are, it's kind of interesting with what they mean by primary on each one or, or why why he considers each one to be primary of red, yellow, and blue. But yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Did it, did it was in the in the one quote where they were saying um, they were they were progressing through, you said it was your favorite quote. Yeah. Was the third one, the social aspect? What, what was the third one again? Yeah. Um, First in terms of survival, then in terms of personal identity, then in terms of social relations. Right. And so that is, if you look at the the first two as, uh, do I have enough to survive? And then the next one is, do I accept myself? Then you move into the third ray when you can be someone that has enough to survive. You accept yourself. And then if you're unbalanced, you can, you know, like Carla said, I'm not worthy. Or you could go on balance the other way and say, oh, I'm so great. I am so survival ready. I am the greatest person. But if you if you keep it even keeled, you empower that yellow ray. And then like that, that almost seems like it's the perfect little those three right there are the 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 root of I'll say humanity, but I, I really mean physical life. Yeah, that's what Rob refers to as the triad, I think, is one of the uh, most important, at least in our third density experience, to to balance and, and open up. Mm -hmm. So let's read the, uh, the session 41 quote about the primary energy centers. So we understand a little bit why they why they draw a different distinction between two more distinction, more emphasis on yellow than on orange. Um, so the question was, why are the red, yellow, and blue energy centers called primary energy centers? I think from previous material, I understand this, but is there some tracing these primary colors back to intelligent infinity that is more profound? Um, they're wondering. He's wondering, and he says, we cannot see, say what may seem to be profound. 
Um, the red, yellow, and blue rays are primary because they signify activity of a primary nature. Red ray is the foundation. Orange ray, the movement towards yellow ray, which is the ray of self-awareness and interaction. Green ray is the movement through various experiences of energy exchanges having to do with compassion and all-forgiving love to the primary blue ray, which is the first ray of radiation of self regardless of any actions from another. The green ray entity is ineffectual in the face of blockage from other selves. The blue ray entity is a co-creator. This may perhaps simply be a restatement of previous activity, but if you consider the function of the logos as representative of the infinite creator and effectuating the knowing of the creator by the creator, you may perhaps see the steps by which this may be accomplished, meaning the blue ray is uh, essential. It's essential to share yourself without being blocked from others for the creator to know itself. And it's interesting how they, they later in the material where they talk about how you can get to, uh, you can, you can, move through the densities and still have a blocked heart like you can be service to self and move all the way up to sixth but and i always forget this you cannot move into sixth correct you can get to fifth being service to self but you cannot move beyond without being service to other selves no i think they did say that there's an early negative sixth density um yeah. and it's just that progressing through the sixth density requires that that you change that merging yeah okay and that that would make a lot of sense in that the the yellow is the culmination of all your earthly all your physical experiences and how you interacted with the rest of the physical experience you can skip the green choose not to open your heart move to the fifth and still be in that phase but then once you get beyond that you start to uh you know, you, you uh, for lack of a better word, assimilate, you know, you start to understand more appropriately that you're not going to get any further being that selfish. Yeah. I don't, I can't imagine what it's like on that level of the sixth density uh, where apparently it is possible to maintain a sense of separation at the early sixth density, but then at some point the, the growth just requires a, a much greater level of awareness of love and it's hard to it's hard to imagine i heard and i've mentioned it before um i heard this thing and, and and it's it's so out there i don't know whether to believe it or not but the simple fact of what they said inspired thought within me so like i know why it entered my life but i don't know why this person was saying it but the person said that they were um they are a member of the ruling elite family and that they had to talk to the people every so many years and put themselves out there to ask questions and um, basically went on to say that, that, you know, we, it hurts us to be this selfish, but we, there has to be a flip side of the coin and that they, they understand what they're doing and they can't wait to get back to a phase because they actually brought up the law of one in the questions. And he and the, the person who was the supposed elite said, you know, we we are at the point where we want to change back to love, but we've gone the selfish route so far that we have to keep the balance. And it hurts us to stay here, but we know we must in order to like be a mirror for you to look at. Like, I don't want to be that. So, you know, 
clearly I got to go the other way. Well, they also say that the negative path is the path of that, which is not, and the path of, you know, uh, philosophies. And it's like, it's like they're maintaining negative philosophies that are sort of self self maintaining, I think. And I think that the only way the elite can maintain what they're doing is by building up structures that requires them to maintain the illusions of power and control over society and so forth. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, this discussed is like the Orion group philosophy and material a lot of times too, that yeah. we're very familiar with how that works here. <laughs> yeah. But, and, and again, you know, if, if to, to go back to that Alan Watts quote, if you had, if everything were dreamy and peachy keen all the time, how much growth would you have, you know? And then right. it just gets progressively harder and harder, you know, um, even beyond the point of when Rob was saying, you know, it would be like playing poker and knowing what everybody's cards were. Once you step beyond that point, you know, the, the veil is there and how easy or hard is it? And then it just seems like the experiences would get progressively harder, you know, just to, just to have the experience and see how far from knowing I am one and all with the creator. Yeah. See how far you could get. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think it's a free will thing for everyone to, to learn to lay their cards face up and have an easier life by giving over and unconditional love in that way. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, let's continue on this now. Um, so the next foundation ray is yellow. This is the stepping stone ray. This ray, the mind body potentiates to its fullest balance. The strong red, orange, yellow triad springboards the entity into the center of green. This is again a basic ray, but not a primary ray. This is the resource for spiritual work. When green ray has been activated, we find that third primary ray is um, third primary ray being able to begin to potentiate begin potentiation that's the blue this is the first true spiritual ray and that all transfers are of an integrated mind body spirit nature the blue ray seats the learning teachings of the spirit in each density within the mind body complex animating the whole communicating to others these this entirety of beingness Yeah, so like I was saying earlier, that's like that work of the spirit, what he calls the, the the great work that can then begin when you're finally in this integrated mind, body, spirit, nature um, that originates here at the Blu-ray then. So it seems like that's really where the quite a bit of the work with spirit and the actual realizing of the creator truly begins, I guess, from, um, from the point of moving through the energy centers. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's a sensation associated with this too. That's hard to so hard to explain when with the Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. When we're when we're working from when we're communicating from the spiritual side and not just communicating from our our mind or communic communicating from our our hearts, then I think that there's a there's a feeling of that spiritual dimension coming into the communication process. Yeah, Rob brings the, up that concept of. Oh, go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say that when, when it's flowing through you, like you don't even know what you're saying. It's just kind of flowing through. You. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It brings up the concept of that radiating, um, basically the creation. I think that's what that could be um, seen as is basically through once you are making that communication with the creator, if you live through the creator, that's then just radiating out, radiating out of you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and then they go on. Um, and I, I think we'll come back to the Blu-ray when we talk about the blockages in the next quote too. 
Um, the indigo ray, though precious, is that ray worked upon only by the adept, as you would call it. Um, it is the gateway to intelligent infinity, bringing intelligent energy through. This is the energy center worked upon in those teachings considered inner, hidden, and occult. For this ray is that which is infinite in its possibilities. As you are aware, those who heal, teach, and work for the creator in any way which may be seen to be both radiant and balanced are those activities which are indigo ray. As you are aware, the violet ray is constant and does not figure into a discussion of the functions of ray activation and that it is the mark, the register, the identity, the true vibration of an entity. So yeah, uh, maybe we should dedicate a lot more time on another session to the indigo ray because that's discussed a lot, I think, in other parts of the material too. Um, but it's it's the most advanced, so it seems like we can't even begin to understand what what these these workings mean. Um, the the infinite potential of understanding, thinking of things in terms of the universal energies. Um, what was the what was the original phrase they used? Um, yeah, in terms of universal energies. What about the universal energies? I think that was that was the indigo ray is what they said was seeing in terms of the universal. Oh yeah, the third eye. Yeah. And you know, it is called the third eye because with it we are able to see in a way which is possible, which is uh impossible through ordinary vision the third eye sees what is happening on the inside rather than the outside it is able to view the subtle images patterns and dynamics of energy movement it is the instrument through which we view our spiritual world i mean these guys it, it, when i reread this after reading the law of one it was just like you know i it, it, when i read the law of one sometimes i have to read a passage and just kind of sit in meditation to absorb all of the experiences I've had in this life that are coming together to bring me information after reading a session. And then I have to reread the session. And then I went back and I reread this and I was like, man, I read this and, and went through the class. But then when you, when you pair it up with the law of one, it just opens so many things. It said the sixth chakra is a very subtle center, which is only able to facilitate the movement of energy. Once the energy has been purified and refined by the heart, it simply will not allow act, uh, allow coarse material into its immediate surroundings, which again speaks to Ra saying you can enter sixth as service to self, but you're not going to finish sixth as service to self because you know it, it it will not accept coarse material. The energy has to be purified by the heart. You're not going to finish sixth without uh, without some some love, some heart in it. I also wonder when they say universal energies, if they're saying, in essence, there is no energy of this nature, which is like a specific to you energy. It's an energy which is universal. So that would imply maybe this is where we talk about the, the archetypes, because the archetypes are the universal structures that apply to everyone. So it's, it's, it's a universal truth. And working with those energies is almost like you're now you're tapping into the infinite nature of of reality because because of the infinite um connection between all beings of of the of that of that principle 
It is like the breath that is shared. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to um, session 15. Um, now they're talking about the blockages. Uh, the question was, how does an individual go about balancing himself? What is the first step? And Ross said, the steps are only one. That is an understanding of the energy centers which make up the mind-body-spirit complex. This understanding may be briefly summarized as follows. The first balancing is of, of the Malkuth or earth energy, vibratory energy complex called the red ray complex. And understanding and acceptance of this energy is fundamental. I think we talked about this last time a little bit, but it's good to cover this again. Um, so yes, yeah, so we talked about the red ray and they aren't talking about blockages here with that. Um, the next energy complex, which may be blocked, is the emotional or personal complex, also known as the orange ray complex. This blockage will often demonstrate itself as personal eccentricities or distortions with regard to self-conscious understanding or acceptance of the self. So I wonder if um, I wonder if, if this is a narrow view of the need to accept the self too, because we're talking about um, eccentricities and self-conscious understandings. Um, I, I've, I've thought a lot about what this actually means in, in my my personal uh, life, and I, I think that maybe you know the the way that we use the word I and me and my kind of gives away where we're blocked in the orange ray. Mm-hmm. All, all the identities that we are, that we're attached to. So you consider uh, it related to the personality then as well, basically. So understanding your personality, I guess, and the, the potential blockages that might be associated with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's also appropriate to think of it as just like the lower personality, you know, the personality that is um, relating to itself instead of relating to other people. Yeah, so maybe have habits and well. yeah it, it it definitely i think is relating to the self as opposed to other people and in that sense you could call it lower um i don't know i just have a problem with the word lower and it's yeah. probably my life you know and all the things that that brings up but it's it is wholly your relationship with yourself and what you were talking about where you say I, me, and all that kind of stuff, it, it does seem like a dead giveaway because if you have too much pride, this, these are the people that you talk to, they're always saying I and me. If you don't have enough self-confidence, you know, we're talking about the difference between um, hubris and pride. You know, you can have pride, but not be hubris. And uh, that's that's what it is. It's it's being balanced. It's knowing who you are and and using that which you are to help the world around you, you know, so you could be the person that's always saying I, me, and you have too much hubris, or you could be the person that's never saying it and you don't have enough confidence in yourself. Therefore you may have all the secrets of the universe figured out in your head, but if you don't have the confidence in yourself, you can't, you can't bring them to anybody to help share them. Yeah. And there, there is a perfected form of the orange ray too that they say um, is a flower shape containing three petals. This was another one I thought. It's, it's kind of beautiful to, to, to think that of each of these energy centers is it's just a, a developing 
crystal and they they compare them to snowflakes they say each the energy centers of the physical complex may be seen to have a distinctive crystalline structure and the more developed entity each will be somewhat different just as in your world no two snowflakes are alike however each is regular the red ray the red energy center uh, is often in the shape of the spoked wheel the orange center in the shape flower shape containing three petals so i'm not sure if those three petals represent something that'd be, that'd be interesting I know that um, in um, in yoga the the pedal number is six, hmm. so that's that's interesting that that's the one place where it seems to diverge. Well, three and six have a lot in common, I guess. <laughs> very much so, very much so. Yeah. And the um, the first is uh, four. Number of pedals is four. So that could be a balanced wheel. Maybe I'll finish reading this quote here. It's so interesting. The yellow ray center is again in a rounded shape, many faceted as a star. The green energy center, sometimes called the lotus shape, the number of points of crystal structure dependent upon the strength of the center. The blue energy center capable of having perhaps 100 facets and capable of great flashing brilliance. The indigo center, a more quiet center, which has the basic triangular or three-petaled shape in many. Although some adepts who have balanced the lower energies may create more faceted forms. The and it's fun. Oh, go ahead. It's, it's, it's funny because it'd be, uh, I'm just following along and, and seeing where the numbers are like, because I've never actually sat and done like we're doing here where you follow along and it goes, the chakras are uh, four pedals to six pedals, six pedals to 10 pedals, which is the one they said is indicated by, or 10 pedals to 12 pedals and 12 was the one they were said was determined by how many you had in the middle. Then goes the 16 pedals and then, the one you just read, they said it, it, it's simpler in shape and has three petals. So the whole time the chakras are counting up and then all of a sudden the sixth chakra goes back down to two. So it's not, not exactly the same, but it does kind of, they both say it simplifies almost. Yeah, this is maybe maybe not very practical or, or easy for people to find value in this, but it's it's just a fascinating tidbit of information that there there's a... A geometry to the energy centers possibly based on how they're used and there could be something to them speaking about this because um you know there's different shaped crystals there's different shaped objects and different shapes imbue different energies as well as different lights imbue different energies based on their wavelengths so you know maybe there's someone who can you know someone who just studies light can find a correspondence with the energy centers and be like, oh, this vibration is this light. If if you have a blockage in this area and you apply this light, this vibration, you can help it heal. I kind of like too what you were talking about before, Nick, with how the different energy centers, it's like, it kind of reminds me of, uh, I think Rod talks about later with wanderers, they come in with specific um, abilities or gifts as well. So with the way these end up crystallizing slightly different in each, it may there, there indicate the type of gift or ability that each, I guess, individualized form of consciousness may have. 
is what then creates this different crystalline structure in each. But uh, so it's differences, but then all merging together to to the one at the end. Yep. Yeah, and it's interesting how he says um, in two two point four. So I mean, like you know, you're really going back to the basics. He says uh, with the pyramids again, a time passed. Uh, they were trying to create healers. Um, he said, after you were initiated and you were a healer, that the crystal and the initiate could help power the pyramid. And then he further goes on because uh, Don keeps asking about, you know, how how does the shape and the size help the initiate? And Ra's response is um, uh, paraphrasing that the size and the shape can help the healer. And then Don asks, well, how, you know, how does this size and shape, how does this orientation of the pyramid help the initiate? And Rock keeps trying to get him back to, you know, you're helping the healer now at this point. And so it's almost as if it was the crystal and the initiate could help heal. And now we're in a time where our sun and our planet are in, are in a vibration where we are the healer and, the, and we can imbue the crystal in shape. It's just you have to do the work to be able to, you know, use the crystalline shape and your healing abilities. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. There's always interesting parallels between the when they're talking about crystals, they're talking about both the crystallized healer and the crystal uh, that can be a physical stone because of the fact that the consciousness is apparently what matters and the consciousness that's purified in the person is the consciousness that's purified in the stone. It's like, what are the same? They're just amplifying each other. Yeah. And again, when you were talking about, um, uh, um, when you brought up the, the, the visualization concept, you know, you can visualize the, the crystalline form. Yep. So um, I could finish off this quote here. Uh, the violet ray energy center is the least variable and is sometimes described in your philosophy as thousand peddled as it is the sum of the mind body spirit complex distortion totality so that seemed to suggest all the other lifetimes are in that totality and are represented in some way by the other petals and it is the only one that is spot on where it says that the seventh uh crown chakra is number of petals 1000 i see that's why they say describe in your philosophy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're on the third blockage now. The third blockage of the, of the yellow center, the third blockage resembles most closely that which you have called ego, is the yellow ray or solar plexus center. Blockages in this center will often manifest as distortions towards power, manipulation, and other social behaviors concerning those close and those associated with the mind-body-spirit complex. So Yeah, again, your relationship to the world around you. Yeah. Society. Yeah. Very central to people these days at the balancing, at least now, in, in our society now. Yeah, this, this phrase, other social behaviors, I think it's probably like most social behaviors. <laughs> It's like everything that, that we're engaging in is usually not from the heart if it's based in uh, requirements. I, I think that the requirements of our society um, 
they could be seen as the honors and the you know the honor duty concept responsibilities um but they can also be a part of a, a system of control and hierarchy and you know mm -hmm. suggesting people have to do things for money people have to make money and so we have we've kind of tricked ourselves in, into relating to each other not in an open-hearted way but just based off of a sense of obligation which 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 su might suggest that there's some hidden distortion towards power manipulation often present mm -hmm. yeah and that's the 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 control uh um, systems that you you were speaking of i mean if you look at what the control systems are trying to do they're trying to severely polarize people you know they're trying to take that that even keel and make it so that you have to fit yourself into the far uh i don't want to say left and right because i don't want to get political but like just one of the two sides but you have to be at the extreme and that's you know it seems like as we move towards this solar event and we are moving towards uh the the earth uh, according to Ra, you know, and according to other things, the Earth is about to move in the fourth density. It seems like any of these control structures are trying to uh, prevent balanced uh, progression. They're trying to, you know, keep it keep it extreme on one end or the other. Yeah, yeah, and I think this even relates to all kinds of relationships, potentially too, like with people engaging in dating and marriage it seems like there's there's like later on they talk about the blockages being relating to um the sense of ownership and possession um a desire for possession a fear of possession um desire to be possessed fear of being possessed they say and another uh, quote are those are the four ways of sexual energy blockage that relate to the first three uh, energy centers um so so yeah the, the way we interact with each other still has like this, this implicit uh, undertone of 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 power and control that, that an ownership would imply, possession would apply. That there's what one person has, the other person somehow controlled in their in their relationship. So, and it's certainly like family relationships are all kind of like potentials for the parent or the one who is rebelling even to feel like they're trying to exert control or exert some some kind of counter force to the other person's energy i think that the, the simple fact that you can state all of that and everybody well I, I can speak for myself but i think that a lot of people would agree with you just screams that we are in the third uh density or you know they're, they're not directly correspondent but they are loosely correspondent we you know moving from the third density to the fourth you know it's easier to um to ring in this in this third density when the the third chakra is the one that's activated and then when you move to the fourth density you know you have to move to the fourth chakra so they're not the same but they are closely related and uh i i wanted to i was looking for this one part because they were they were saying exactly what you're saying, and they were talking about um, uh, that this this chakra can be easily manipulated, especially early in your life. But I couldn't find it. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Like by your parents or something like that. If you're kind of grown up with this somewhat of a manipulative uh, parenting style, then you almost kind of um, take that on yourself, I guess. Moving in, so then your relationships from there. 
well, likely tend to have, um, you know, manipulation behind them too, but some of those psychological issues that you develop from, from parenting or, um, other sort of relationships when you're, when you're growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All the traumas seem to be of the orange ray and the yellow ray. Mm -hmm. And that, that whole power, uh, um, uh, paradigm is if, if you are constantly, if you constantly have a parent, whether it be your actual parents or, teachers at school or your boss at work that lends to a society where no one has to be self-confident and take on their own power because you can just constantly be like, well, you know, my, I, I did it because my parents told me to, I did it because the teacher told me to, I did it because my boss told me to, you, you know, it doesn't lend itself to people taking their own power. And then, you know, if, if you're, if you're not springboarding from the yellow into the green, if you never, decide to make that jump then you know it is going to be uh um an, an inhibition for your growth yeah and maybe i should find that quote where they say to completely unblock yellow ray i think there's i can read some of this while you're looking okay says um the key word for this chakra is self-confidence when we fully embody this kind of profound self-confidence, we cease to have doubts and therefore become one-pointed. We are able to harness a tremendous amount of energy. We can get things done, influence people, and even, mo even move mountains, which again, they talk about moving mountains in uh, the law of one. Uh, we know that we can succeed at anything we set out to do, that nothing can distract us. We, uh, we, we know who we are, and what we are here to do. However, it is important to understand that this power, which manifests inside of us as our talents and abilities to succeed and achieve does not set us apart. I read that part, um, but they do talk about, uh, although it may look different within each person, the essence of the power is the same in everyone. We all have it. Therefore, we must uh, not only access and channel this power, but we must respect it and uh, as well as use it. Since the energy center is a tremendously powerful and passionate, there may be a tendency in some to use the energy for self-gratification and to manipulate others. This is why it is important to bring this energy up into the heart. Yep. And so this was the one of my favorite quotes too about the yellow ray. They say, each entity must, in order to completely unblock yellow ray, to open the heart basically, to completely unblock yellow ray, we must love all which are in relationship to us with hope only of the other selves, joy, peace, and comfort. Mm. So this, this could also explain, you know, Carla Ruckert's overactivation of the green without, without the balancing uh, wisdom aspects. If you're mm. over, overactivating your heart, she's clearly loving all which are in relationship with hope only of the other selves, joy, peace, and comfort. Mm. Um it would be interesting to see if she had any kind of uh, controlling relationships in her past to see if she if that's why her yellow ray wasn't fully balanced. Yeah, well, I don't know if balance is the right word for it. Um, I guess it's balanced relative to the the higher centers. Would that make sense? It's yeah, this... like yeah, because if you if you were unbalanced or off kilter or how, however you want to put it if your if your yellow ray wasn't shining as brightly as it could yeah. everything above it 
you know, has, has a skew on it. Right. Yeah. One of the things I always thought about when reading this in, uh, in the law of one was, uh, because they said second density, like close second density, beginning of third density, end of second density creatures could be, you know, your pets. When I read that passage, man, I mean, I always loved my pets, but it took on this whole different thing where you, you like, you have all of this control. And when like our, our dog, he's sitting there and he has to go outside and it's 12 below. And I'm like, man, I really don't want to go out there, but he's like, please dude, let me out. Like, am I, are you, are you unbalancedly exerting your power? And then, you know, does that echo into the, the third density for the pet? I'm like, Oh man. All right. I'll put something warm on. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I certainly am running into every kind of wall understanding the nature of discipline now that my son is 15 months old oh god <laughs> he's... that's got to be crazy i couldn't even imagine with a child with another person <laughs> yeah 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 this is something that i still i still struggle to understand uh, but but I, I definitely feel like there's um you know the wisdom aspect can kind of override what love means to us you know lo love can be become an expression of boundary setting and I think yeah. seeing seeing the boundaries as being the, the the building blocks of a loving interaction is is probably where this discipline is coming in. So yeah. it's like when my son is just going crazy at nine p.m. and he's ridiculously tired. He's like falling asleep, but he doesn't want to go down go down to sleep. It's like yeah. I just have to I just have to let him be upset with the idea that it's bedtime until until he finally gets in the bed and he's he's fat, very happy there. Yeah. Yeah, because he's tired. He just don't want. He doesn't want to miss anything. Yeah, this great experience of life. Yeah. Is he a toddler yet? I would call him a toddler now. Yeah. I was gonna say that sounds like very toddler-like. Yeah. I'm hoping that his terrible twos were just passed in about a week. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the comment section. Any parents in there are gonna be like, "Good luck, buddy." <laughs> yeah. We do have uh, some attendees here. I don't know if they are parents joined in the call. Nothing in the chat yet. You guys are free to chat at us too. My parents always gave me uh, a, a great awareness of not only my effect on on the people around me, but but more specifically, because I have two younger brothers, it was, a, it was a great awareness of my effect on them. And um, it, it just, like I said, I couldn't even imagine with a child because from, from such a young age like if they're screaming and they pick something up and they go to throw it and you say no you're like all right well hold on a minute wait is it their free will to throw it are they gonna break something you know what i mean like that word no seems so hmm is this an appropriate time to use it and 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 the the yellow ray has got to be screaming at you when you're having those decisions right yeah yeah it definitely seems like there's um there, there there's some other way to direct energy that that is not just a block it's like it's yeah. to be a redirection of energy yeah mike i think we've talked about it before but ron does have one quote about that parenting aspect of it too with um yeah. at least saying it, it is okay to exert some discipline at that point and i think it kind of ties to what you were saying there was because of the wisdom aspect that you have you can then share out of love what what could be um right or right or wrong from from their perspective to, to help the child but 
it's it seems like it's a fine line though yeah the compassion of parent to child may well be tempered by the understanding that the child entity shall learn the biases of service to others or service to self from the parental other self this is the reason that some discipline is appropriate in the teach learning this does not apply to the activation of any one energy center for each entity is unique and each relationship with self and other self doubly unique the guidelines given are only general for this reason Yeah, I mean, in the end, the, the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, you know, but you can't make it drink. I was I was a little kid sitting next to the stove and my mom was cooking and she told me not to touch the burner so many times. And I was like, well, what was it like to touch the burner? And I still have the scars on the top of my hand from when I touched it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, yes, I told you not to do that. I think that uh, Debbie uh, commented there for you, Mike. Yep, Debbie says, I never called it the terrible twos. I just said, oh, this is such a cute age. The terrible didn't show up until the teenage years, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that they do bring up the energy center concept at the at the end of that quote, though, too, saying that you can't really activate anything, uh, activate any of their energy centers. It's something they still need to learn on their own, I guess, at least the way I interpret that. But you can help and, and direct, but um, you can only go so far and like, Nick was saying, lead a horse to water sort of concept. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, the, the every individual has to learn themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's why I use the example of a pet because you do have so much control over the the things in their life. You know, the 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 child to an extent, as long as you're not, you know, a, a, an abusive parent, the child has the ability to kind of be like, eh, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. Whereas the, the animal, and then it always pops into my head, like, oh, this dude's moving from second to third, or he may already be at the beginning of third, and I don't want to, you know, crush his spirit and, and all this. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting that the way you, you, you think after reading this material. Yeah. Certainly brings more compassion into your life. So continuing on now with uh, the discussion around blockages, uh, Ross said those with blockages in these first three energy centers or next side will have continuing difficulties and ability to further their seeking of the law of one. The center of heart or green ray is the center from which third density beings may springboard, shall we say, towards infinite intelligence. Blockages in this area may manifest as difficulties in expressing what you may call universal love or compassion. And I definitely know this feeling um when my heart is closed to someone and i finally recognize it and i see how there was that that difficulty and and more fully activating myself through through that unforgiveness or i, I don't know if unforgiveness is even the right word it's it literally feels like a blockage when you've got your heart closed and you don't know why i think forgiveness is the right word to use for when you open it but sometimes you may just be unknowingly having the blockage so unforgiveness implies that you know that you're not forgiving them but sometimes I, I don't i don't believe that you realize it and then when you do you can choose forgiveness yeah yeah i think that ties back to what we were saying earlier is then analyzing the situation you went through throughout your day to then be able to unblock that but um like we were saying at the beginning there it's like your energy center how much is flowing up is changing minute by minute so certain interactions you might have, you don't realize that you are acting unlovingly or at that time, possibly a blockage, but then you go talk to another friend and your heart opens back up or a, a spouse or something. So it's, uh, it can be a minute by minute, case by case sort of situation. 
Mm-hmm. The, the, oh man, I, I I don't even know if I could put this in the words. What you just said sparked a thought that was like time, space, space, time. How we're constantly moving forward. So if you're if your physical body and energy center is moving forward and um again i always use the traffic thing because i come from the northeast and it's it's a big part of your life out there but if you get cut off in traffic and that that closes your 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 heart chakra of say 50% and then you go through you're you're continuing to go forward with 50% blockage and then you meet that person that friend or the whatever it is that that brings you uh back to life and it opens up your energy chakra to 60%, but you're still 40% blocked. As you're moving forward with this 60% blockage, you then can think back in time and affect your energy center that was blocked back then and bring it back up to 100%. And it's that whole time, space, space, time, like almost like uh, we live in a nexus of time, space and space time where we can think backwards and affect forwards and so we we live in a we live in a place where everything happens at each individual time but we have the ability to jump through time whereas ra says they live in space time where everything happens simultaneously yeah time space right yeah time space yeah that reminded me of this quote uh in session 10 um the law of one has one of its primal distortions, a free will distortion, unless each, ent- each entity is free to accept, reject, or ignore the mind-body-spirit complexes about it and to ignore the creation itself. There are many among your social memory complex distortion who at this time space engage daily, as you would put it, in the working upon the law of one and one of its primal distortions, that is, the ways of love. However, if the same entity being biased from the depths of its mind-body-spirit complex towards love-light were then to accept responsibility, for each moment of the time-space accumulation of present moments available to it, which I think is what you're talking about, the the history Mm -hmm. of all those heart blockages. We're taking responsibility for all these blockages and everything that is present in our energy throughout the the time-space continuum, the time-space accumulation. Such an entity can empower its progress in much the same way as we described the empowering of the call of your social memory complex your social complex distortion to the confederation which was described as being exponential it's an exponential increase as we we understand how all of our blockages are relating to our our current situation and we can be accepting responsibility to break through all these things yeah and and that that quote is funny because they talk about it as your social memory complex so it's like we have to master it at an individual level so that we can come together to coalesce at that Com- uh, 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 social memory complex level to be able to then move forward. Yeah, I gotta write that down. That's a beautiful way of putting it. Time, space, accumulation, a present moments. Yeah, <laughs> present moments, plural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right. That's... It's just one little s, yeah. and it changes it. <laughs> it's like past lives and everything too. So it's it's much more deeper yeah. than just this incarnation. I think as well too. Yeah, right. How much of it are you willing to uh, to uh, dive into and take responsibility for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of present moments. You know, that's that's like the one time they don't think singularly. 
they, you know, Ra only thinks of one, and then wow. they start talking about time. They talk about the present moment as present moments. <laughs> it's an accumulation. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a single moment of an accumulation of moments too. Mm. It's responsibility for each moment of the time space accumulation of present moments. Yes, one of the most confusing. That took me years to try to wrap my head around what that meant. To I pro probably glossing it over too fast right now too for people, but that's. That's yeah, not, that I feel like that's a lot to work with. That could be a whole episode right there. Yeah, <laughs> just covering time space alone is a, is a good episode to cover what they mean by the metaphysical dimensions, which mm -hmm. are overlapped with our physical dimensions. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's a uh, it, it parallels very closely the energy centers because the energy centers have a physical portion and a metaphysical portion right the inner and outer natures yeah mm -hmm. yeah the time Actually, space the, is the inner nature yeah and and, and the um the the because this this book they're going through the chakras and as they go through the chakras they're uh they were teaching us which of the asanas which of the poses um correlate to each chakra because the hatha uh, hatha yoga um that we learned it's it's um, it's like an hour and a half flow where you work your way from the first chakra up through all the chakras. You hit your pinnacle and then you come back down. And the whole point of it is uh, for meditation. So you're you're the point of the movements is to balance the chakras as you go through the class. And then at the end of the class, you're supposed to sit in meditation, which I mean, I've received major downloads after after one of Shiva Das's classes, but to get back on point, it has, um, uh, so I'm on the heart chakra right now and it says indications of blockage could be selfishness, judgment, and hatred. Um, let me go to one that has, but some of them actually have physical, um, like the, like the throat chakra actually has a physical manifestation where you could see a student might be clenching their jaw. You know, and they and they talk about uh, different things, um, how to um, unblock physically something that might be more of an emotional blockage. You know, I certainly it, wonder it, when it comes to the heart, if the cardiovascular issues that are so common in our society are not related to the blockages yeah. of the heart, too. Yeah, absolutely. I think so, I mean, it's like talking about the whole anger creating cancer kind of thing, but it's the same thing kind of relating then to the energy center. So I. I hadn't uh, drawn that correlation before, but I, I could totally see that being accurate. Yeah. One of the things that they told us um, with with the heart chakra, because uh, it's some of the things are like back bends, prone bends. Uh, it's a lot of um, it's a lot of like this, you know, think of opening the heart. And one of the things Shiva Das told us was, look, look at society. You drive your car like this. You sit at a desk like this. You, all of society expands the back and contracts the front body. So to open up the heart chakra would be to do these back bends. It would make sense in a society that constricts the front that people would have heart ailments. Yeah. And then they would also have, again, you know, it, it's physical and, and uh, metaphysical. They would have the corresponding um emotional problems you know not being able to love as freely yep all right moving on they say the blu-ray center is of energy streaming 
is a center which for the first time is outgoing as well as inpouring. Those blocked in this area may have difficulty in grasping the spirit mind complexes of its own entity and further difficulty in expressing such understandings of self. Entities blocked in this area may have difficulties in accepting communication from other mind-body-spirit complexes. As well as communicating. Yeah. Because of the throat chakra. One of the things that he pointed out to us was if you watch the news, which obviously I would not suggest, but if you watch the news, you see these commentators who are very heavily restricted in what they can say. They've got the earpiece in. The producer is telling, if you listen to them, a lot of them have that kind of throat contraction. You know, you can you can almost hear their their um, it's Vishuddhi, but, you know, the, the blue energy center, their blue energy center is not thriving and you can hear it in the physical manifestation of their voice. Yeah. I think it's interesting here that they differentiate the outgoing versus inpouring energies here, too. So it's not just the way, I guess, in simple terms, the way you are communicating with others, but it's also accepting that communication that's coming back to you and integrating that way too. Whereas I, I would imagine then, so the inner energy centers prior to this, then it seems are all of the inpouring nature that you're working with. And this is the one now where you're opening up the spirit. So that's what's then creating this um, dual sort of aspect to it. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the spirit is the shuttle to intelligent infinity, right? Mm-hmm. And I talked about opening up to intelligent energy as well. So that, that seems to be the first part of becoming the logos, then opening up to the intelligent energy, which then can create the gateway from there to intelligent infinity, which um, lines up with kind of the discussion from the previous one there, going stepping down from intelligent infinity to intelligent energy and uh, basically creation from that point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think maybe we should probably do another episode also at some point, just trying to cover the the spirit, the nature of the spirit more. And that that can relate to the the clues that, that come from the the archetypes, the the matrix of spirit, the significator of spirit, the great way of spirit. Um because it, it is very hard to wrap your mind around what what this what this represents. Yeah, I think that'd be good. And it definitely, it is harder to wrap your mind around, but you you can get there through the physical, especially with with modalities such as uh, yoga and meditation, you know, to quiet your mind, to quiet yourself and allow that or to, you know, again, like if your heart is, is constantly shrinking, your, you know, your physical body is shrinking around it to open it up. And to sit in that open in open place, to to understand the 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 um, energy centers, and in a physical and and a metaphysical way, you know now you have two ways of accessing balancing. Yeah, maybe I do want to read the transformation of the spirit uh, discussion um, and see if this relates. I think this might relate to this these last three uh, the uh, the upper chakras too. Um, so the question was about the 20th archetype that what you call the sarcophagus in your system may be seen to be the material world, if you will, 
This material world is transformed by the spirit into that which is infinite and eternal. So th this to me also suggests that, that this ingoing outpouring nature is, is this process of trans transmuting from the material into the infinite and eternal. The infinity of the spirit is an even greater realization than the infinity of consciousness for consciousness which has been disciplined by will and faith is that consciousness which may contact intelligent infinity directly. There are many things which fall away in the many, many steps of adepthood. We of Ra still walk these steps and praise the one infinite creator at each transformation. And I think the word integration might be the right word also for this. In place of transformation? Yeah, this is an integration yeah. process. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you, you, the one infinite creator splits, has the experiences, and then starts to integrate all the experiences back into the one infinite creator. Mm hmm So like the, that second line in there, that infinity of, um, yeah, of the spirit is even greater realization than infinity of consciousness. So it's like making contact with your, with your spirit is much more opening than even trying to do any work in consciousness is the way I read that. Yeah. And that seems to relate to this, the spirit part is, is the disciplining by will and faith. That consciousness is the mind part, I think, and the disciplining by will and faith is the spirit part. So I think when we start opening up the Blu-ray, we're now becoming more disciplined by will and faith. Yeah, and the concept of those two together, faith is congruent with intelligent infinity. So it's basically working your way to there. And I think the idea of will is also something that's kind of not talked about as much that Rob brings up quite a bit as quite a strong power that has, um, I know there's a number of quotes where they talk about you can't ascribe too much um, importance to this because I, because in this case here, it's what can ultimately lead to your contact with intelligent infinity. Right. And at the, the, um, at the beginning, the very beginning, he says, when he was talking about moving mountains, he said, if with enough faith, you can move mountains. And I don't know, Mike, maybe you could look it up. I thought I had it written down here, but he actually corrects him. And he says, maybe instead of faith, uh, and he, and he, he tells him to say something else. Or he, he doesn't tell him to say something else, but he he draws a greater understanding of it with the with the whole moving mountains uh, quote. Yeah, I know because I I just went over yeah, it. Yeah, that's session three. I'm reminded of the statement Don said: if you had enough faith to move a mountain, the mountain would move. I yeah. assume this is approximately what you were saying. I assume if you're fully aware of the law of one, that you're able to do these things. Is this correct? And Ross says the vibratory distortion of sound faith is perhaps one of the stumbling blocks between those of what we may call the infinite path and those of the finite proving understanding. So there's a stumbling ar around this concept. Uh, but, but, he, but Ross says you're precisely correct in your understanding of the congruency of faith and intelligent infinity. However, one is a spiritual term, the other more the other term more acceptable perhaps to the conceptual framework distortions of those who seek with measure and pen. To the physical world as opposed to the spiritual world which is exactly you know right. the, the, it almost seems like these two uh session these two quotes go absolutely hand in hand the last one we were talking about this one yeah all right we we can move on here I, these are so there's so much to um speculate on with 
what some of this could mean too. But mm -hmm. um, we can continuously come back to these, I think. Um, so the next center is the pineal or indigo ray center, which you talked about a couple times earlier today. Those blocked in the center may experience a lessening of the influx of intelligent energy due to the manifestations which appear as unworthiness. That this is that of which you spoke. Uh, I, I guess there was a question about balancing. So, so the blockage appears as unworthiness. This is that of which you spoke. As you can see, this is but one of many distortions due to the several points of energy influx into the mind-body-spirit complex. The indigo ray balancing is quite central to the type of work which revol revolves about the spirit complex, which has its influx then into the transformation or transmutation of third density to fourth density, it being the energy center receiving the least distorted outpourings of love light from intelligent, intel intelligent energy, having also the potential for the key to the gateway of intelligent infinity. So the potential of the key is found in the sense of worthiness, which may relate to the sense of faith, which what well, faith is also, they say, is the catalyst of the spirit. So the catalyst seems to be um, what draws us forth to the, the key to intelligent infinity. And it, and it, it is very... Um of the physical world up until this point, and then you start having to make that transformation. Yeah. Yeah, intelligent energy would suggest, uh, or the way that they use it in the sentence would suggest that intelligent energy is worldly and intelligent infinity is spiritual. Yeah. If I'm reading that right. Yeah, intelligent energy, I guess, is like the the raw manifestation of the infinite creator, I guess, into into manifestation. Mm. Which also means everything. I think everything is intelligent energy that's manifest. Yeah. Yeah. Everything manifests, beautiful way to put it. The remaining energy center, which you talked about a little bit earlier, they say is simply the total expression of the entity's vibratory complex of mind, body, and spirit. It is as it will be, quote, balanced or imbalanced, has no meaning at this energy level, for it gives and takes in its own imbalance, its own balance. So it has an automatic balance, I guess. Whatever the distortion may be, it cannot be manipulated as can the others, and therefore has no particular importance in viewing the balancing of an entity. All right, so there were, we got maybe 15 minutes left now. I thought maybe we could dive into a couple more um, that seem to be interesting uh, segues into many other subjects that are, are worthy of future, future sessions. Um, so in 61, in session 61, they were talking about frontal lobes also with uh, the brain relating to this open opening. Um, and Don asked, could you tell us the purpose of the frontal lobes of the brain and the conditions necessary for their activation? And Ross said, the frontal lobes of the brain will, shall we say, have much more use in fourth density. The primary mental emotive condition of this large area of the so-called brain 
is joy or love in its creative sense. Thus, the energies which we have discussed in relationship to the pyramids, all of the healing, the learning, the building, the energizing, are to be found in this area of the brain. This is the area tapped by the adept. This is the area which, working through the trunk and root of mind, makes contact with intelligent energy and through this gateway, intelligent infinity. So I thought that was an interesting side note that they're saying that the brain itself is, is often not being used until we start opening up that energy center. Yeah, and then it's tying it to a specific location in the brain. I guess I kind of forgot about this quote too, that, that indicating mm -hmm. that that's where you can actually make that contact with intelligent energy, where normally you'd think of it as your energy center making that connection, not necessarily something in the physical um, that you can see like that as a within your frontal lobe there. Yeah. And this is relating to healing, learning, building, and energizing. So Which weren't is, those, uh, what they were talking about relating to the indigo ray in one of the previous quotes we were looking at is what you're using the indigo ray when you are doing any work for the creator, basically, which involved the healing, learning, and building. So it seems to tie together with that one of the earlier quotes that we were indicating, but now it's giving you a location in the brain where that's coming from. Yep. And it almost seems to be Ra saying, this is how we, because at, at the very beginning in uh, two and three, he's talking about building the pyramids and connecting with the, the, the infinite rockness and turning the infinite rockness into the finite rock to, uh, to basically thought build the pyramid. And there he's basically saying, yeah, we thought built the pyramid with the frontal lobe. Learning, building, and then energizing, which is, huge in all of the talk that they talk about with the pyramids how you know the energies are are manipulated and how the um the uh initiate would go in and it would to, to me the way i read it was basically like if the if the person had the will to go into the pyramid and learn how to be a teacher a teach learner then they had the will and a desire to go into this place where it would it, it was a it was a balancing effect if you went in with any kind of, you know, energy center imbalance and you went into this area, it was almost like a tuning fork to your energy centers. And then you could move forward as a teach learner from there. Mm -hmm. I, uh, maybe this is another good one to touch on here. Um, there is some reference to the pyramid, even in this, where you're just asking about, is there any advantage in attempting to develop the characteristics of being able to bend metal, et cetera? Are there, are there characteristics that are a signpost of the development of an entity or are these anomalies something else? Um, for, for an instance, as an entity develops through his indigo, would a, would a signpost of his development be this ability to bend metal? And Ross said, let us specify the three spirals of light energy which the pyramid exemplifies. Firstly, the fundamental spiral, which is used for study and for healing. This refers to like the lower portion of the, of the uh, great pyramid like the queen's chamber i think was the healing chamber I, I i think that's what they said um second the spiral to the apex which is used for building maybe that maybe it's the, the king's chamber is the healing one i, I maybe should, should have pulled up we'll do pyramids another day too um 
but they but they were referred to multiple times that there were these different spirals of energy that the great pyramid shape is is creating that are kind of like um funneling up the energies the prana of the earth and creating useful um modes of of energy expression and the first one is useful for study and healing the second one is useful for building and thirdly the spiral spreading from the apex which is up at the top is useful for energizing and contact with indigo ray need not necessarily show itself in any certain gift or guidepost as you have said there are some whose indigo energy is that of the pure being and never is manifested yet all are aware of such an entity's progress others may teach or share in many ways contact with intelligent energy others continue in unmanifested form seeking intelligent infinity so i guess they're saying um the way that the pyramid has the different usefulnesses of this energy different ways of using the energy a person can use this energy in different ways too and there are some some who whose energy is that of pure being and never is manifested others may teach or share many ways their contact with intelligent energy others continue in unmanifest unmanifested form seeking intelligent infinity so the intelligent energy is the is the bringing in a manifestation and, and seeking intelligent infinity is something that's the internal work that can be unmanifested and thus the manifestation is a lesser signpost that that which is sensed or intuited about a mind-body spirit complex a lesser signpost than that which is sensed or intuited about a mind-body spirit complex this violet ray beingness is far more indicative of true self so they're saying there there is no signpost other than that which you're guessing through your intuition or sensing about a person yeah it almost sounds like the spoon benders still have a little bit of ego to get over probably in some cases definitely yeah yeah like it like they're showing you how great they are yeah that by doing something in the physical doesn't necessarily mean you are more advanced uh, from that point so i guess you could yeah. that could probably apply to a lot of the other psychic uh, modalities there mm-hmm yeah, that's that's why anybody um, th- that I that I listen to a, a litmus test is always, you know, are they are they trying to help you understand, or are they trying to make you go to them for understanding? You know, the people that are saying, you know, don't don't listen to me, listen to the, what I'm saying, and go find it out for yourself. And uh, the final quote I would like to touch on today, um, I think it gives us, they end this with saying that there is a, um, that the principle behind any ritual of the white magical nature is to so configure the stimuli which reach down into the trunk of mind that this arrangement causes the generation of disciplined or purified emotion or love, which then may be both protection and the key to the gateway to intelligent infinity. I feel like they've described this key with different terminology. I probably should put that side by side too. Um, but I want to read this whole this whole passage now with the question. Um, the question was, could you explain the basic principles behind the ritual which we perform to initiate the contact with Ra and what I would call the basic white magical rituals, prote- principles of protection and other principles? And Ra said, due to your avenue of question, we perceive the appropriateness of inclusion 
of the cause of this instrument's transitory vital energy distortion. So Carla Ruckert had issues with her energy, temporary lapses of energy, um, or uh, maybe they mean an increase in vital energy that she had. Um, the cause is a bias towards the yearning for expression of devotion to the one infinite creator and group worship. So maybe I'll go back to session 64 just to see what they said. Um, yeah. To me, transitory means comes and goes. So yeah. they're talking about how she has it sometimes and then feels depleted other times, in my mind anyway. Yeah, they say that her, her energy is as previously stated with the exception of a transitory distortion, lessening the free flow of vital energy. Um, so, uh, so they say that um, so her bias, Carl Ruckert's bias towards the yearning for expression of devotion to the one infinite creator and group worship was a part of her fluctuation in her energy. This entity was yearning for this protection both consciously and then it responds to the accoutrements of this expression, the ritual, the colors and their meanings is given by the distortion system of what you call the church, the song of praise and the combined prayers of thanksgiving and most of all, that which may be seen to be most centrally magical, the intake of that food, which is not of this dimension, but has been transmuted into metaphysical nourishment and what this distortion of expression calls the Holy Communion. So it's interesting that this white magical discussion is just talking about her church setting. Um, and that, but that could also be highly tied to what we were speaking about earlier when... Um, you know, certain energy centers aren't open, then you get into this martyrdom type um, mentality. The, the big connection being that if, if you're suppressed and you don't have self-confidence, you seek the group and the acceptance of the group to build your own self-confidence because you don't innately have it. So that could be, you know, the, the, um, the church setting for her, you know, everybody's all together doing the same thing with the, with the same beliefs and the, um, same actions right uh yeah there's definitely um well uh, maybe I'll, I'll finish reading this and we'll see how, how this all fits together okay um the subconscious reason it being the stronger for this yearning um so yeah so the subconscious yearning was the stronger aspect of her yearning was the awareness that such expression such um experiences a church uh, when appreciated by an entity as the transmutation into the presence of the one creator it's a great protection of the entity as it moves in the path of service to others so she sees this uh these elements of the church experience as a great protection the principle behind any ritual of the white magical nature is to so configure the stimuli which reach down to the trunk of mind that this arrangement causes the generation of disciplined and purified emotion or love which then may be both protection and the key to the gateway to intelligent infinity. So they're, they're saying there's a lot of potential value when we're properly using these symbols yeah. that are um, sort of opening up our, um, our subconscious aspects, generating the, the discipline and purified emotion or love. Um, so th this may relate to the uh, the transformation of the yeah the disciplining by will and faith as that consciousness which, which may contact intelligent infinity directly 
and the discipline with purified emotion or love may be protection and key to the, the gateway to intelligent infinity. And that to me speaks of if, if you have a lack of self-confidence, which uh, it sounded like Carla may have had, you know, on some level because she felt inferior to this thing she clearly had, you know, if she was able to be the instrument to contact Ra, uh, discipline and purified emotion or love gives you protection. So if she went into it lacking love for herself, she had the protection of the congregation. Right. You know, whether it's church or the mosque or 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 just a, a group where you get together and you chat. If you're lacking slightly in one area, you can you can uh, boost that area through the group, which whatever the group may be. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that's only applies to the group? I, I think like they're getting to the point of the ritual. So could it be your own uh, personal rituals that you do could also provide you with that comfort or, or discipline? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. Yeah. And relating to the same. That's um, uh, a book I have uh, how to how to make ESP work for you. I believe it's called by Harold Sherman. And he talks about um, the possibility that faith started as you were uh, a, a farmer and you had a good crop, but you jumped over the edge of your crop line before you went on to the crop. And even though you have all the knowledge how to grow this crop, you had this really good crop this one year that you jumped over the edge line. And then from then on, you always jumped over the edge line. It became a ritual that you did to enhance your self-confidence in your skills you already have. Yeah. You know, lucky hats for baseball players or rally caps, you know, it manifests in this world in so many different ways, but it really is all just you using something physical to, to, um, uh, um boost your own abilities or or transmute and transform the material world into that which is infinite and eternal yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because your 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 self-confidence and what you're doing is eternal and you know if you're going to win a world series because people flip their cap upside down and put their rally cap on the world series is going to echo into eternity you know, but the fact that they flipped their cap upside down was just that physical boost. And even, you know, if the whole team did it, now you're in congregation with everybody doing a ritual, trying to make your way into infinity. And I realize it is a very stupid and basic example, but I mean, you know, it's tangible to everybody. Yeah. And I think this is also a beautiful way to end also that they they talk about the final way that we're viewing things is in terms of the sacramental nature of each experience yeah that word sacramental is directly you know the sacraments are what they call the holy communion so that's what they're what that 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 core concept is is basically something that we can experience in every experience it's we see every experience in terms of that that sacramental aspect and i do like how um the uh, quote somewhere in there where he says, uh, do, can sports help? And Ross says, uh, team-based competitions may help. And again, speaking to the, you know, the sacramental nature of people getting together and, and just, just congregating together with one, one purpose in mind and just being one-minded. At that moment, the whole team is one-minded. You are all 
mind melding for one purpose. Now, if we could get the whole planet to mind meld for the greater, you know, progress of the planet, we'd be going somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the definition of sacrament can be a thing of mysterious and sacred significant sacred significance. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like seeing the divinity and everything. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever been in a stadium where everybody's cheering in unison and the, the hairs on the back of your neck rise, I mean, there's something pure about that moment. You know, it, however you're manifesting it, there there is a connection and a, 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 between you and everyone there. You are connecting at your core. And then you have that physical response. Yeah, and that ties in kind of to go on your analogy. One of the other key points that Rod talks about is that one pointed focus. So when all that team is on this one pointed focus of completing this task or, you know, to, to win the game there, it's even more strengthening. Um, yeah, that act of, of playing the game, I guess, in that case. I think I think the point we're trying to make here is it's a shame we've turned sports into more of a sacrament than self-progression. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, not self-progression, uh, uh, communal progression, starting with the self. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, a lot of people have a, a lot of spiritual lessons that they learn through through the journey of trying to become an elite athlete and compete mm -hmm. and process loss and victory. And so, yeah, may, may, I could pro probably pull up that quote quickly, too. There was, we're talking about it so much. The uh, team, was it... Uh, um benefit of sports yeah of, of competition i think he says yeah okay um well th this is the one that i'm thinking of here um they had said that um devices and distractions such as less competitive games may be seen to have the distortion of keeping the mind body spirit unactivated so there's an mm -hmm. emphasis on less competitive games having less value than competitive games yeah um i don't think they said th those, those are all those and, and i and i hope i'm not offending anybody but those are all those things that like those stupid little throwing the bird across the screen games you know where you're just sitting there staring at your screen you're not progressing at all but, yeah but speaking from a from my perspective as a hockey player i know i'm not in any way shape or form anywhere close to elite but playing in men's beer league hockey I've grown tremendously as a person. Somebody cuts me off and then and 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 like jams me into the boards and I take offense to it. And then the guy, I meet him at the face-off, the next face-off, and he's like, yo, my bad, dude, I tripped a little bit. And then you have to have this mental journey where you're like, why did I re react that way? You know, I need to I need to be a more loving person and not, you know, this this um on edge person. Yeah. It's like an accelerated form of working through your energy blockages, basically, mm -hmm. um, in a competitive format like that. Yeah. And I mean, just something as simple as the handshake after a game. Um, I, I could see literally every type of person in that handshake. You know, the guy who you accidentally tripped while you guys were both skating and then he shakes your hand at the end and you're like okay my bad dude you know and then the dude who will not he won't even get into the line to shake anybody's hand because he's like all right dude look we, we were having a fun game here you know we're not playing for millions of dollars we're just trying to have a good time <laughs> all right thank you guys it's been a great conversation and really appreciate your joining and 
studying Absolutely. so much. Absolutely. Thanks for putting it together, Mike. Yeah, thanks for coordinating it. A lot of fun. Yeah. All right, take care.